about this place, Will? Sure. Come on. It's great food and grass skirts and great live entertainment. Tall and tan and young. <laughs> He's butchering it. And when she passes, each one she passes goes. When she walks, she's like a samba. She swings so cool and sways so gentle that when she passes, each one she passes goes. Ooh. Now that's how it's supposed to be done. Of course, I had to bring in the nostalgia of this song because. I wanted to make sure that I hit home with you because I want you to know you are the main character. As long as you respect main characters around you, you are always going to be the main character. And this song to me is like the most perfect main character song ever written about somebody. Um, it's written by a young woman who was minding her own business. She was tall. She was tan. She was long. She was lovely. The episode that we're about to talk about today is The Girl from Ipanema. Whoa, girl. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my, did you, oh my god! I didn't think I was gonna be able to get it on camera. I swear. Okay, so you know, before we get into the episode, I always talk about something that I purchased, and I always try to let y'all know if it's worth it or not. Um, so backstory to the last episode, we're gonna bounce back real quick. I'll talk about Pretty Little Things. We did a little history lesson with the Pretty Little Things Empire. I got my last package, and I'm really excited about those clothes. Um, still decent quality for what you're paying, and I also want to say I'm very curious about if I should do a haul. Do you care about that? I am a fashionista girl. I love to look decent sometimes, sometimes, heavy on the sometimes. But I don't want to, like, add other things to the brand because I feel like the brand's already so brolic with Daily the Dose of Dime on YouTube and Loquacious Dime being a pod and my own life being Dominique. It's just a lot going on, and I have a lot of different pieces that I'm moving around. So I don't care when you listen to this, whether it be 2022 or whenever you hear it, find me, stalk me, and let me know if I should do a clothing haul. Okay? So now we're going to jump back to this week. I had a hard time thinking about things that I've bought because I'm going to be transparent. Fuck it. I'm going to be transparent. I literally got let go from my job via text with no warning whatsoever. And it's just been a very heavy hit because I really liked my job. I liked my pay. So I haven't really been purchasing many things like that. Um, <laughs> this text came on my day off uh, four days ago from today. Well, four days in the past from today. So I don't really have a lot of things that I've been purchasing, but I've still been like splurging here and there on Starbucks. And I'm here to tell you the chocolate croissant was not, it's not my thing. It's too much chocolate. And don't get me wrong. I love chocolate with peanut butter. Okay. I love it. I love chocolate. Like white girls love black men. I love chocolate, but it just was too much chocolate and not enough croissant in my opinion. And like, I just love their butter croissants to a T, especially when they're like slightly warmed. I am a sucker. So, if I can encourage you to purchase anything, it would be a pastry from a coffee shop. It doesn't have to be Starbucks of all things, but a local coffee shop or whatever. If you're always getting your coffee in the morning or your matcha like me, make it a thing to, like, get you a nice pastry, too, to just start off your day with a little bit of carbs. I know we're trying to be, like, with this song, of course, we're trying to be, like, fit mommies. But, like, also get some carbs. Like, love carbs because carbs aren't that bad for you, like, at all. You need carbs. Like, you need them. Anyway. Uh, do I have trigger warnings for this episode? Yes, I do. Trigger warning, we're going to talk about some sexual content. And we're going to talk about, like, peeping Tom content, if that's a trigger for you. It, I mean, hey, I don't know your life, okay? I don't know you. I'm on my business. So if that's a trigger for you, please take that trigger, and maybe this episode isn't for you. Girl, we will see you next week, okay, my nigga? We will see you 
on the next episode. On the next episode. Do do. Anyway, if that trigger is not for you, let's proceed. Okay. Oh. Okay. The girl from Ipanema is one of the most recorded songs of all time. It's literally the second most recorded song of all time. And it's one of, obviously, the best-selling songs of all time. The song was written by, because you know I got to go down the list of accreditations, okay? Um, Of course, we're going to credit Music Genius. We're going to credit YouTube. And we're going to credit this guy who did a a deep-dive video on the musicality of the song, which we don't really do here because that's not my my niche. I'm more of a lyric kind of girl. But um, Adam Neely, he's a jazz musician in his own right, and he knows, like, the history of, like, Bossa Nova, which I got a line from him. I'm going to give him his credits with that line. But, like, he knows. And I really thought that was really dope because um, while it wasn't piquing my interest, I'm not a musician. I am just a observer and taker of music um I just digest it I don't break it down in a sense of notes and things that, that's not my forte but that is his and if you're interested in things like that the girl from Ipanema is definitely very interesting I found it interesting and I, I'm not into that type of stuff so check out his YouTube page his name is Adam Neely A-D-A-M space N-W-E-L-Y he's really really smart too which I was like oh my god <laughs> you know I love a brain if you don't know now you know I love a brain I definitely do so, this song came out in 1965. No, a lot. It blew up in 1965. It came out in 1962. Now, let me place this with some things for you. So, this song is about a young woman named Hello, Hello, H E L O. The national language of Brazil is Portuguese because of slave trade. We ain't gonna, gonna get into it this episode, okay? This ain't the history day. But just know, Brazil's natural national language is Portuguese. And with that being said, I have no earthly idea how to pronounce her name. And I have watched interviews from her. Um, I don't want to be disrespectful to her, but she's actually a really beautiful woman. I get why she had that song, but I just don't know how to pronounce her first name. And it's really like, Heloisa? Heloisa. Heloisa Pinheiro. Am I close, Miss Pinheiro? Because she's still alive. So if you hear this shorty, am I, am I close? Am I, am I on the nail? Anyway, Miss Heloisa Pinheiro was born July 7th, 1945. Um, today, I'm not going to give out her age because Shorty is still popping and still bopping. I don't know if she's thought, and I think she's married. She could be a thought to her. Man. Anyway, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. What I will say is Miss Heloisa is still, um, I, don't, I mean no offense by this Miss Heloisa by no means. No offense at all. She is still very well kept. You know, you can tell like, for me, when I go to, like, an all-white school, like, when we play for sports and stuff, I could always tell, like, the level of racism at the school, but how they kept, but how the, the minorities or the black kids at the school were kept up. Like, if y'all had people at y'all school and they weaves were looking raggedy, <laughs> I'd be saying weaves. I just posted a video on my Instagram today where I was saying, if you say weaves as a black person, as a black woman at that, a black feminine presenting person, if you say weaves instead of sewing or, like, lace front or wigs, I am judging you. And I just said weaves. Look at that. <laughs> One thing about them tables, they go turn. Anyway, so when I would go to, like, play basketball at, like, a white school and they had, like, the token black kids, I could always tell how aggressive the racism was at the environment by how those token black kids looked. 
because obviously they have friends at this school. So if the friends are letting them walking around looking crazy, I know what I'm dealing with. These girls gonna be pinching. They're gonna be calling me out my name. They're not gonna give me a slur, but they're gonna come. They're gonna call me everything else under the sun. I know it. So. When I think of things like that, I always would go to the some schools where they would have the token black kids, but they were well-kept. I noticed that. That means that y'all racist, not as racist, right? Which, I mean, racist on the spectrum is, girl, we ain't gonna go down that rabbit hole. But you can also say that about certain wags, so certain wives and girlfriends of, like, professional men or athletes. You can tell if the woman is kept. Now to be a kept woman is to be a kept woman. If you know, if you don't, you don't. Google it. Sorry, I don't want to be that type of person today, but I have to be. I have to be because I don't have much time. But what I will say is Miss Heloisa is kept. Okay? She's kept. Mm. And she's been married for s- no way, Jose. She's been married for over 50 years. Oh my way. Oh my way. That's that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So Miss Heloisa was walking in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and as she was walking, she kept walking past this cafe. Now she walked past this cafe. Now, if you don't know, are you not cultured? Have you not watched the movie Rio? Do you not know anything about how Brazil looks? Anyway, Brazilians are some of the most beautiful people on the planet, from their bodies to their sweet personalities, their hospita- hospitality, hospitably. Hospitality, hospital, hospital, uh, hmm, hospitality. I'm looking hospital. Hosp- I don't know how I'm trying to say that. Hospitality is what I'm looking for, but I'm looking for. Oh, that's hospitable. Oh, because hospitably would be hospitality. Uh, this is how my brain works. This is what you're dealing with when you're talking to me. Literally, this is how my brain functions from day to f and day. Anyway. They're very kind people as a country. And it's so sweet because I am a firm believer that your geography and your climate has a big effect on the personalities of the people that live there. Um, let's just random. People in California have really nice weather. They're by the beaches, blue waters. It's really cold, though. Their waters are really cold. It's weird. Um... The coast, like, on the coast, the water is really cold, but, like, in the middle, like, it's not. It's weird. Anyway, beautiful water, beautiful weather. They're very outdoorsy because they're, they're enjoying the climate, right? They're very alleged nice people, very open people, um, very liberal people. Like, everything, in my opinion, is dictated starting with the weather and the climate and the geography. Okay? Okay. People in New York, opposite weather. Very cold most of the year. You can't just walk around in a bathing suit like you could in California. You have to be covered. Very conservative. No, I wouldn't say conservative. I wouldn't say conservative, but I definitely wouldn't say that they're as nearly as liberal as California is. I don't care what the Democratic votes say. I don't care. I don't. Because I, I know. Anyway, when you think about the climate and the geography of New York, very skyscraper. It's not very intimate. It's very cold. Um, not just the weather, but like just the personalities of the people. They're not kind. They are notoriously rude. So I believe that New York being such a cold place with the weather and the climate and the geography, I believe that that has shaped the people who lives their personalities. Now, what does that have to do with this episode? Well, Miss Heloisa lived in beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'm sorry, I thought that sounded cool. 
Rio de Janeiro. Now, Rio de Janeiro is gorgeous, okay? Gorgeous. I can't speak for the hoods or the slums of Rio. I don't, I don't know. I'm not from there. I'm sorry. But geography-wise, they have, they're right on the coast. They get a beautiful beach. It's a big beach as well. Um, they get the city life, but they also get a beautiful weather. I'm sure they're in a tropical type of zone. I'm not, what is that word? So it's like a tropical, you know what I'm talking about? Like a tropical zone. Let me, let me Google and come right back. I didn't want to start speaking astrology to y'all, but yeah, okay. I was, shout out to my fourth grade social studies teacher. You, you here, girl. Um, so the closer to the equator you are, the closer you are, or the more likely you are to being in a tropical zone. And when I think about that, let's pull it up because we're going to get the facts stated. Ew. So Brazil is literally, I mean, Brazil covers all, I mean, 90% of Brazil is in the trop, the tropics, period. I live in the subtropics, if you wanted to know, if you cared. <laughs> I live in the subtropics. Anyway. But there's a Tropic of Cancer, which is the northern area of the tropics, which is on the north side of the equator, and the south side of the equator, which that sounds real ghetto, but the south side of the equator, the south side of the equator is closer to the Tropic of Capricorn. Oh, wow. That's so dope. Anyway. So, they're in the tropics. They're in the tropics. So, you can. it's easy to assume and to imply that they live in a rainforest or a tropical rainforest environment. Um, there's beaches, there's beautiful lush forests, um, the city is really nice looking, I mean, even like nighttime photos of this place looks really nice, and it's, it's, I won't say that it's completely surrounded by water, but there is a lot of access to water, which means that the beach is very long, the beach is very big, it's just beautiful, and Ipanema is okay just want to make sure Ipanema is the area that has like immediate access to the beach which is just I mean if you go to your Googles right now go to your Googles Ipanema Beach is literally like one of the best beaches in the world so you can only imagine like the freedom that these people would have with their body so Miss Heloisa would walk from school she would just walk in her neighborhood which is beachy in a bikini. It was not uncommon for women of her age or a young girl, an older girl of her age. She was 17 at the time, which I found kind of controversial because we're going to learn the ages of these men. And I think it's a little weird that they sat around watching these teens um, walk around. But I, it's weird. It is weird. We're going to just say that flat out. Um, but I'm happy that they didn't, they didn't approach her, I guess. Kind of, I don't really know how I feel about that. Honestly, I don't. I think it's weird, but I passed that I don't have many emotions on how I feel left or right. So what I will say is, she was 17 at the time when they found her and they seen her. And she wrote the song. I mean, she didn't write the song. But <laughs> she was 17. I am a giggle box, y'all. I truly am. She was 17 at the time. And she was walking around in her um, local area in a bikini either two or from the beach, two or from school. I can't imagine that they wear school. I mean, I can't imagine that they wear bikinis to school, but maybe afterwards. You know how you do. You know how you get out of school and you change it to your outfit. You know how you get out of your school clothes. I know how you do. I know you, babes. I know you. The way this song ties into our last song is because one of the best covers of this song is by Miss Amy Winehouse herself, truly. And that's going to be the one that I play at the very end. Um, I'm going to find a live version. Hopefully we can get her out of it. Anyway. 
So she's walking a, she's walking past this coffee shop that she walked past probably every day. When we're in our habits and we're in our processes of our robotic mode, um, not a robotic, our autopilot mode, there's a lot of things we don't even notice. So in my opinion, and from what I've... So in my opinion, the things that I can infer from the things that she said in interviews, she had no idea that these men in particular were, were watching her and ogling her and gawking over her beauty. That's so, you know, to be that level of a main character, to be that level of a Carrie Bradshaw, to not even notice when you're being stared at is just beyond me. Honestly, it's beyond me. Granted, I mean, <laughs> your girl catch eyes, don't get it twisted. But I mean, truly, like it's it's beyond me to not be hyper aware of your environment to that nature but that also speaks to her community that also speaks to her level of safety and security and herself that she felt right right so we're going to talk about the song we're going to break down the lyrics we're going to break down the lyrics because unfortunately fortunately we don't have um a video <laughs> this song was so so long ago we don't have a video to go off of but we do have credits we will read at the end of the lyrics breakdown but we don't have a video to like and i wish i had one maybe we can like make up one maybe we can do that maybe we can like we'll do that we'll do that we'll make up one i hear you i hear you in the background saying do it i know so in the beginning of this song there is um a poem and the poem has literally um i don't want to say it has no rhyme or reason it's kind of like a, if you've ever written an APA paper, it's the abstract. It's a part of the paper, but it also has to, like, summarize and encompass the paper before you have to introduce them. Hey, get, get them a little, get a little wet first. You know what Nicki Minaj said, get, get, get that shit wet. Get it wet, and then we're going to get to the busy. So, the poem starts off, and I, can, I am not going to pronounce this in their native language because I don't want to be disrespectful in my poor, poor, poor tongue. So I'm going to just give the English translation of it. And it says, look, what a most beautiful thing. So full of grace. It's her, the girl that comes and goes by. In a sweet cadence on her way to the sea. So he's with his his homie. So this is either Venetia, Venetio. Um, or Antonio, Venetia's, or Antonio kind of poking at the other, like nudging them and like, oh God, look at, the, look at her. Okay, look at her. You know, she has all of this grace and this elegance with her as she walks and she kind of just comes and goes. She has no idea that we're even aware of her. And she just kind of gracefully goes on by to the sea. So we know she's going to the, to the beach. And she's just minding her business. Like, look, 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 she's so beautiful. I love that they watched her from afar, given her age. Um, and I love that they were able to be honest with themselves about their desires and wants and needs, uh, not to say needs, their wants without acting on them. I really love that. So then the next, um, the next section goes, girl with a golden body by the Empanema sun. Your cadence is more than a poem. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen go by. So now we can get into the idea, um, girl with the golden body. She's obviously a very tan young woman, um, by the son of Ipanema. So now we can, now we can show that she kind of like her and Ipanema in a sense are one. Cause remember this is a beach city. 
just how you can imagine like a, a California beach girl, blonde, blue eyes, where we're getting into the, she encompasses and she personifies what it is. She personifies Ipanema as, it's kind of cute. It's cute. Then the last one, he gets a little bit more honest. He goes, ah, why am I so lonely? Why is everything so sad? Ah, the beauty that is out there. The beauty that is just not mine. That also goes by, that also goes by alone. So, to be two grown men watching in a coffee shop as a young woman walks and minds her own business, I love that they were also able to acknowledge and say, we are lonely as fuck. <laughs> you know, the only reason we're even concerned with her is that we're lonely and it's a bit misogynistic, but the idea of like wanting her and wanting her to be mine, because they, they say, you know, the beauty, <coughs> the beauty that is just not mine, they don't mean it in the sense of like they themselves want to be beautiful. They mean the sense of like they themselves want to be with a woman who is of that level of beauty. I don't have qualms with that because I understand for the time period. Remember, we're in the early 60s, babes. This is my time with uh, Mad Men, one of my favorite shows. But to understand Mad Men, it's not for the faint of heart. That was a very different time than it is today. And so to, like, want to speak about owning a woman and to want to own her beauty is very common for the time frame. Do I agree with it? I don't have a comment on it. Honestly, I don't. I don't, I don't kill her for right. Ah, if only she knew. That when she passes, the whole world gets filled with grace and becomes more beautiful because of love. Now, I love this because it's very innocent. You know, there are some people, have you ever watched like a true crime uh, documentary and they were like, you know, when Grace walked into the room, she lit the whole room up with her smile. She just had this infectious laugh and she was so beautiful and she was the kindest hearted this is the type of person that they're speaking about. And that's always the person that dies. So if you got an infectious laugh and you have a, a beautiful smile that lights up the room, watch your back. Anyway, so it's beautiful when people are able to just emit this this level of love that makes people who are lonely and observing them feel loved. You know, that as they walk, so... What I love about this last passage is it speaks to a type of person who just naturally makes flowers perk up when they walk into the room, right? They naturally just have this aura about them, this energy that they emit of love where, you know, you just feel better when you see them or, you know, they just make your day. And we're going to get to full interpretations of the song towards the end as we always do. But for now, we're going to just speak solely to this passage. I love the innocence of it right you know I love the you know when she walks she makes the room glow she makes the room happy she can literally turn your frown upside down it's really cheesy it's really simple but I think it truly speaks to um a train of thought that could lean this to being much more of an innocent song than another we'll, we'll get we'll get there so then we get to the English version of this song, because I can assume that these words before were in Portuguese, because Portuguese is a national national language of Brazil. Um, so, again, the song's pretty short, but it's just timeless. And when you have a timeless song like that, 
you know, two minutes and 43 seconds truly feel like forever. Because I feel like I thought this song was much, much, much longer. So, the first four lines, or the first passage goes, of the English version. Tall and tan and young and lovely. <laughs> That's so cute. We Okay, so tall and tan, she's um, a model-esque um, woman. Um, and young and lovely, so we can also see that she's like a very happy woman, um, a very innocently beautiful woman. Because lovely is such a unique way to describe someone, you know, especially someone young. Because I would assume that the word lovely is like an adjective for a mature woman. But for her to be young and lovely is kind of, hmm, okay, we're dealing with a unique type of beauty here. The girl from Ipanema goes walking so th- we, we put ourselves in a position of the men the writers of this song and we're watching this woman or you can picture this woman um walking on by and when she passes each one she passes goes <sighs> i love that so okay we have the young woman she's tall she's 10 she's young she's lovely she's walking on um and as she's walking literally every person that she passes and i love that they say each one she passes because women and kids are feeling this as well it's not just the two creepy men in the coffee shop it's it's everyone each one she passes goes that is so sweet (laughs) it's so it's so i keep going back to this last word it's so innocent i love it i do do. Hmm. we go to the, the second passage it goes when she walks she's like a samba, which is a genre of music that fuses Latin sounds with African drums. I guess you could say it, it uses Latin melodies with African drums or Spanish melodies with African drums. It's really dope. Really dope. And samba was the predecessor to bossa nova because samba was very, at the time, old school. Um, samba kind of came in and shook the whole music world up um and so when bossa nova came in following it it literally means the new wave or a new flair or essentially like a new take on samba because bossa nova is a lot more mature right whereas samba is very rambunctious very passionate very out very aggressive type of music very young bossa nova is a little older Okay, um, how can I say this? So for samba, think of a young gentleman, like a bachelor type of music, right? But bossa nova is more of a James Bond, a grown man, a mature man, a classy, a classy man, you know. Just to give that some, just I like to personify things. Sorry, no, I like to personify things because I feel like the world is alive, and why not treat it as such? So. I'll pers- I will personify anything, okay? And that's just um, a quirky thing that I do, and I just want y'all to be aware of it so that I don't throw y'all off because I'm not speaking about literal people. I'm speaking about things and making them... Anyway, back to the lines. When she walks, she swing. Wait, when she walks, she's like a samba that swings so cool and sways so gentle. Now, this is ironic that the it's, this is a bossa nova genre, the song, describing someone 
as Samba because we've already established that Bossa Nova is essentially like Samba's child. Um, I mean, not child. <laughs> well, it is their child. It is Bossa Nova is Samba's child, but ironically, Bossa Nova is, in my opinion, a more mature style of music. So for Bossa Nova to be referring to someone else as Samba is really clever. Um, so we can establish. So with with this with this, what they're trying to. Um, swings so cool and sways so gentle that when she passes, each one she passes goes. <sighs> okay, so when she walks, she likes the samba that swings so cool and sways so gentle. So again, samba was a blend. It was like a fusion of two styles of music. Samba um was iconic. And I mean, I'm sure you can still hear samba today, specifically in Brazil, if nowhere else on the planet, because it's one of those sounds that kind of defined a country. Because Brazil is a melting pot of um, Spaniards and Africans. And with that blending of, you know, unfortunately, how the Africans got there, we're not going to get down that rabbit hole today. But with the, with those different blendings of cultures it definitely showed within the music. So with Samba emerging and being so, uh, like I said, Samba was new, Samba was hip, Samba was the bachelor of music genres. It was very much like hip hop, right? It's not just um, rap that makes hip hop, it's also the R&B element that makes hip hop. It's the melodics of hip hop, it's the poetry that makes hip hop. Like Hip hop is not just defined as rap or as R&B. It's kind of the, the perfect blend and the perfect um, pouring of both. Same for Samba. And with Samba being so new and so cool, it hit the streets very hard. But the, the coolness of Samba is the beats the drums, the percussions, because samba is just, you can't listen to samba and sit still. <laughs> you just, you just, you just can't, especially if you're a person of color or a black person, you simply can't. And that's what makes samba so cool. But samba also has this other element of horns that makes it very gentle, very soft, very intimate right so yes samba plays and you're in this big crowd of people and you're you're in with the new kids and you're in with this hip crowd but you're also having a very intimate dance with whoever you're dancing with like it's not very it's not well it became pop i'm i'm sure it became the popular genre of the time but i don't think samba was meant to be for everyone i think samba was meant to be for the outliers for the rebels for the people who kind of didn't have their own i think samba really aligned with them in the fact that like samba is just rambunctious you know when the kids want when the young people want something they're going to find a way to find and find it and create it for themselves i think samba is a perfect response to that and i think the way the older people responded to samba was by creating bossa nova anyway so the third passage goes oh it goes, oh, Buddy watches so sadly. So what I can tell from this is that we're now, we've already established 
that this is a young woman who walks past this coffee shop, this bar, this social environment. She walks past this mind and her business every day. And from the longest, we thought that we were reading from the perspective of the men who observed her and watched how she kind of just lit people up and she made people smile and how she had this contagious energy as she walked past. But now we can understand that we are watching from a a completely different perspective. We're watching from someone who is watching them, the two guys, watch her. Okay. Oh, well, I don't want to sing it. Oh, but he watches so sadly. How can he tell her he loves her? Yes, he would give his heart gladly. But each day when she walks to the sea, she looks straight ahead and not at him. So in this passage... We've, we've established that we're watching from a third party of the third party. <laughs> this is Inception. And we can see that, like, yes, she's glowing. She's smiling. People re- are reacting to her. They're smiling back at her. It's a whole thing. And we can also show that the this man is watching her as she's walking to the sea. But when he watches her, he may feel love and he may feel this joy of, like, oh, shorty walking by. This is her time. It's 2.30. But he's also exhibiting sadness because as she's walking she is not looking at him back and he sees how the people who she may be looking at or the people who may have the the pleasure of catching eye contact with her how they're responding by also smiling and glowing and and return and it's like damn does she not feel me watching her or does she feel me watching her and not want to return the favor and glance my way in, in return? And so it's like, this is where the conversation elevates from innocent to romantic. Or the or I don't, I don't want to say romantic with a hard, firm. I'll say like a soft romantic or an idea of possible romance. And it's like, he's watching her. He's, he's kind of sad that he's watching her because it's like, dang, girl, you don't, you don't see me. <laughs> Not him being where my hug at. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's like yo, I'm watching her. She's beautiful. She's captivating, and I watch her all the time. But every time I watch her, she has no inkling to look my way. That's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking, and this is one of the reasons why I can say that this song is relatable for so many people today, because we're living in the new age of the new the new main character, and I won't dig too deep, because we have one more passage before we start breaking everything down, but in this new age of the main character, one thing that I have learned in leaning into my main character is that I have to grant grace and understanding, because I treat everyone else like they are also the main characters of their own worlds. So... Yes, I may feel slighted by certain things, but I have to also keep in mind, you have a whole other game board that you are looking at, and you have a whole other thing that you are dealing with. I can't, I can't assume, sorry, I got a text message. I can't assume that I'm going to be the main character of your life when you are not the main character of 
my life. You ain't main character in my life. But we have to also like grant graces to people. And I think that's a whole other thing. But here we are. Back to the story. <laughs> I think for him, he recognizes her as a main character. But there's there's also some playful jealousy in the idea that she's not recognizing him as a she doesn't have he doesn't have to be the that's the that's the key word the a and the the he is not aiming to be the main character of her life he's just me he's just aiming to be a main character of her day honestly not even her whole life so the last the last one um the last passage goes and it's really cute because while we had this pretty sad passage of, of the whole song, we got a pretty, like, a Debbie Down moment. Like, it, it kind of did, which is perfectly fine. Emotions do that. What I love is how they closed it out by by beginning with tall and tan and young and lovely. The girl from Ipanema goes walking. Right? So we're back giving her her praises. She's beautiful. She's tall. She's young, she's lovely, she's walking, and when she passes, he smiles, right? Because remember, he's still enamored by her beauty. He's going to smile at her, he's going to give her, you know, regardless, I may not feel I may not feel my best because you're not returning the favor to me, but I'm going to give you that smile, babe, because you deserve it, you're beautiful. <laughs> and then the last line is a very honest line, and I don't think it's meant to be said in a, in a sense of like, bitterness I think it's just to be I think it's just to be matter of fact you know and I think sometimes people can assume that bitterness is that matter of factness is bitter and it's not <laughs> to me bitterness is an exaggeration past matter of fact I think matter of fact is just fair cut and dry so the last two lines I'm going to read again he goes and when she passes he smiles but she doesn't see me that is the conclusion of the lyrical breakdown and now we're going to get into final thoughts final thoughts so in all this is a beautiful song miss heloisa p is a she's a beautiful woman to this day she's beautiful so um we're going to break this, break this down in two ways. I'm going to go with the way that I personally don't agree with. I did at first. I did. But I have since changed my mind, which I have the right to do, damn it, okay? I have the right. So let's break it down. So this is a song about a man who sits in a cafe. And when he's people watching, which I love to do, by the way. I love to people watch. It's so nice watching you humans do human things. Very nice. Anyway. He's in the cafe, people watching, and every day that he comes to the cafe for his morning coffee, he watches Miss he- Miss Helovisa walk to the sea. Like, damn, this bitch beautiful. Like, oh my goodness. Now, this is to be said. The two men who wrote this song, Mr. Vinicius and Mr. Antonio, were, Vinicius was 50, Antonio was 39. Miss Helovisa was 17. Now, I've done some research and I found out that she was actually 17, and I've done some reading of reports and stuff they definitely try to make her seem 18 and she was definitely 70 yeah she was a baby but it can be easily assumed 
that the writers of this song were trying to convey a reality. And in this reality, they, they were able to convey they had shared feelings for this young woman. And while acknowledging she's young, they can also like acknowledge that she's young and beautiful. Um, I wouldn't consider that pedophile I wouldn't consider them to be pedophiles, but I would consider it like gross. <laughs> you know, like this is, I, w- I would say this is inappropriate. But I love that they never acted on it. Can I say that? Can I say <laughs> Jesus, I don't want to get canceled before I get popping. I, I, okay, let me correct myself. What I will say is I love the fact that they just watched her innocently. Um, or in a way that could be seen as innocently. They never acted on her. They never approached her. They never. It was just this young, beautiful woman. We wrote a song about you. And that can be seen as a bit controversial, specifically with today's standards, which weren't the standards of the 60s when this song was written, by far, to be fair. So that's one way this song can be seen as two, I don't want to be mean, this song can be seen as two grown men ogling a teenager as she walks on and minds her business. And in them ogling her, they decide to write a song about her where they, they, um, Again, this is the first perspective where they disrespectfully and cleverly, no, disrespectfully and condescending, where they described her in a condescending tone, mocking her for being young and also showing and mocking her for being young and bitterly showing disdain for her not giving a fuck about them because they were two grown ass, gross ass men, likely older than her parents. That's the way you can see part one. <laughs> uh, hey, cut and dry. That's the way you can see it. The way you could see it, part two, the way that I've grown to see it is these two men were very, is this a proper word? They were very flattered by this luminous young woman. And in them being flattered by her, they had to recognize that she's also a very young woman by their state in, in comparison to themselves and in a re- recognizing her youth I think there's a bit of resentment because they are not able to share that with her because they notice that while they're ogling not ogling while they are watching her pass um or they notice how she has this very She has this. She has this level of beauty. Beauty. Beauty that illuminates spaces. And there's resentment there because she hasn't shared that beauty with them. And there's literally nothing they can do about it except watch her walk. And they are okay and content with doing their part of or playing the role of people who just get the opportunity to watch her walk. Because there is privilege in that, right? There is enough to, like, satisfy them, innocently satisfy them, in just being people who got the, the, the in being people who just got the privilege to, 
there's enough to satisfy them in just being two men who had the privilege of watching Miss Heloisa walk today to the sea. I love that. <laughs> I do. Now, there are some other people who've had some other takes on the song, and this song... This song was covered by literally everybody in a mom. Okay, this is the second most recorded song ever. 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 And one thing I loved about this song is when I worked at a store, mind your business, I won't tell you, but when I worked somewhere, they played the version of this song where Amy Winehouse covered it. Now, I had always known passively from just being a human and taking in pop culture I always knew the line of tall and tan and young and lovely I always did before Carlton said it before Miss Amy Winehouse sung it I'd always heard it I just knew it um kind of like one of those what is it passive programming I just knew it so the cool thing is this happened in the 60s so like there's a a lot of history attached to this song, a lot of recorded history attached to this song. So, Vinicius and Antonio literally wrote this song in a coffee shop called Good Brew. And the way that this place was designed, um, they got the chance to kind of just like watch girls walk by. Like, it was a good place for like people watching, specifically hot girl watching. Um, they were both married. Um, so this wasn't a sense of like, this is something we can act on, but this was really cool in a way of like, they got to ogle and go home to their wives, I should say. Um, the thing about Miss Heloisa that captivated them was she has this dark hair, um, dark brown hair, not necessarily a brunette, but it's dark brown. And she has emerald green eyes, like a dark green. That's so pretty. Like, can you imagine? Like, because when you catch a first glance at her, if you Google her, Google her, okay? H-E-L-O space P-I-N-H-E-R. Oh, H-E-I-R-O, sorry. Um, Pick a picture, pick a picture, pick a picture. She has these dark emerald eyes. They are so pretty. And Miss Heloisa has fashion has fancied herself a model. While she's in her mid seventies today, in the mid twenty twenties, she's well early twenty twenties. She has turned the hit song "The Girl from Ipanema" into a full on modeling career. Where, if you Google her net worth, she definitely knows how to flip a bag. Okay, and it's so cute because even her daughter has turned into modeling and like carrying on the the name of the family and stuff like that and Miss Heloisa has kept herself up so well she looks really good for her age and I wonder if there was a pressure to her as she aged where she felt like she would no longer be the girl from Ipanema you know like if she felt any pressure or if she like if a rewind I think aging for women for a long time was very was very very different than aging for men um, I think as men aged, society praised them for aging. You know, it's like, oh, he's maturing into a young man or he's he's getting better with time. Whereas for women, for a long time, society didn't praise them for aging because 
um, society loves to police women's reproductive systems. And unfortunately, as we age, our reproductive systems don't reproduce. And I think literally with that, I think society starts to make women feel resentful of their bodies for doing what bodies do. So I wonder if on top of that already societal pressure, did Miss Heloisa feel extra pressure to just maintain her youth for as long as she could? Because like I said, this woman looks beautiful. Like she has, she's gorgeous. (laughs) She's gorgeous. (laughs) Like she could still rock a bikini and like stunt, you know, like she's, 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 she's tall. She's tan. She's a little mature. And she's lovely. I stay so much emotion and but stay so anxious and so nice because when I get the, the bitch, many people come with me and sing the, the, the girl from Panama. I passed this way, this street, when I was passing, going to the beach, or stay to go to school, the composer stay all the time there, and I didn't know that. I didn't know. Someday, a photographer told me, oh, I listen, Tom and Vinicius sing one song, and they told, oh, it's for her. And I am so shy, you are crazy, I don't believe that. No, yes, wait. But nothing happened. Three years after, everybody wants to know who is the girl from Panama. Vinicius wrote to the magazine, and I met him, and they put in the, in the magazine, all the world wants to come to me to know about it. The inspiration because yeah. I inspired the song. This song is eternity. All the time I'm going to to listen about, but uh, in many many versions, six hundred versions, six hundred I have. I don't think I, I become tired. This is her husband, Shannon. They've been married for over 50 years. He likes more than me this, this part, uh, the people with me. He likes so much. Her husband is also sharing that he feels very happy and fortunate to be married to her. In addition, I was flirting with her when they made the song.
that's all as always stalk me on social medias at down v hairs the next episode will be coming out next monday i cannot wait to see you guys you know what as i was listening to this i was reading a whole new article and if you made it this far babe thank you but i made it to a new article where i found out that the song was actually written on cafe napkins in the restaurant how beautiful is that (laughs) bye y'all have a great day well in 2001 she decided to open up a store where she legally owned the rights to the name girlfriend Ipanema. being that she was the muse of the song she wanted to make um the name of her store a clothing accessories and jewelry store the girlfriend Ipanema. she opened the store fairly close to the beach in like a shop area and unfortunately the two men who wrote the song um, antonio and venetia's their heirs because they had at the time passed away their heirs opened up a lawsuit against Miss Heloisa saying that she was unduly using the works and images of the deceased. Well, Miss Heloisa was kind of confused because she was like, you know, I legally own this name. I made, I went through the proper chains of, you know, proper chains. I did the proper paperwork. I own this name and I thought it would be a cute, I don't want to put words into her mouth, but you can infer that she wanted to, I'll just read what she says. The lawsuit accuses her of unjustly profiting from the image of the work of the late composers, um, Antonio and Vinicius. The suit filed a civil court in Pus. The family accused her of unduly using the works and images of the deceased. Continuing, the lawsuit accuses her of unjustly profiting from the image and work of the late composers, Vinicius and Antonio. The suit filed in a civil court of Sao Paulo on May 24th, 2001, concedes that Miss Heloisa inspired the song. However, it says that she doesn't have legitimacy to use at her pleasure the works and images of Antonio Hoban and Venetius de Moraes, as she has been doing. The suit's... Her response to that was, I think they want compensation. Wait, I think they want compensation for the store's name. The song is theirs. They own the rights. That's okay. I was the muse behind it. The name of the girl from Ipanema exists only because I exist. If I hadn't inspired the song, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have been written. So the families of the late Antonio and Venetius are now the heirs and um, recipients of any funds that are made off of the song. So if the song's covered, there are certain fees, I'm sure, and rights that you have to pay to get it legal um, to them. The problem is, since she was the muse of the song, she thought that she was okay in going and opening up a store. Um, she legally owned the name. She trademarked it and everything correctly. Um and it's a bit confusing because she also went on to say that if Antonio and Venetius was alive today, they would have wanted me to open up the store. I, they were good friends. Um, the pastor continues. Then known as Heloisa, uh, her maiden name, became famous across Brazil 36 years ago when the lyricist De Morales told Manchete magazine that she was the girl who inspired the hit song, stating... She was the green-eyed, blonde, and dark mixture of that is so beautiful. Continuing, she's a creature. 
creature. <laughs> Continuing, she's a creature of God. Right? So being the muse behind this song and being the infamous girl from Ipanema, um, Miss Eloisa has been able to work consistently by turning businesses from this, um, using her likeness and image, such as being an actress on soap operas and a model, owning a model agency at one point. Um, the song has made a lot of money, obviously a lot of money, because they owned the song, right? And no one can tell you when a song's going to blow up to this extent where it's going to be the second most recorded song in history. But what I'm what I'm seeing is that we're going to talk, we're going to talk. I think that the family was a little jealous. I think the family is, I'm saying a little, but I mean a lot. I think the family is jealous of the fact that the girl from Ipanema is able to carve her own lane just by being the girl from Ipanema, right? And also having a brain and being able to work in these business contracts where she can do appearances as the girl from Ipanema. And she can model and work for Playboy Brazil. And so Luisa also mentions how she also mentions how they had done several interviews and made it a point to mention and name her and give her credit for inspiring this song. She noted that they were friends, her and both of the men, Hobbit and Venetius. They even wrote the text that accompanied her nude photos of her run by the Brazil by um she noted that they were friends with she was friends with both of the men, Antonio and Venetius. Um, that the men even wrote the text that accompanied her nude photos of her run by the Brazil Playboy that ran in nineteen eighty seven under the title The Girl from Ipanema. So they deliberately wanted her to be known as the Girl from Ipanema and they wanted her to be known as the muse for the infamous song. They wrote those things themselves. They wanted her to have this label and this stamping as the girl from Ipanema. So I think the family is jealous that she's been able to make a name for herself um, and she's been able to just embrace being the girl from Ipanema. I think they're hating. I do. And it's unfortunate because I know that you all are blessed financially. Granted, I know a song can only stretch so much, but from what I do kind of know about music, y'all are blessed. Y'all are not um, down and out by no means financially. So... For y'all to be nickel and diming her and wanting her to pay you, I'm assuming restitution, for using the name to open a store called The Girl From Ipanema when she is The Girl From Ipanema. And more importantly, she did the proper channels to acquire ownership of said name for that specific reason. That's a problem. That's a problem. And that's greed. And I'm happy she was able to win the lawsuit. Um, and I like the fact that she even mentioned it, like, y'all have the song. And that's okay that y'all have the song. You know, she had no additions to that song musically. So there's no need for her and there's no right for her to have any percentage in the compensation that is being made from said song. I like that she distinguished that because that is so true. You know, and this song has went on to be covered by Frank Sinatra, Night King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Oscar Peterson, Charlie Bird, Roger Williams, Amy Winehouse, Vic, Vic Damone. Gene Vincent, Lou Rawls, Louis Armstrong, Sammy Davis Jr., Sergio Mendez, The Four Tops, Boy George, Pat Boone. This song has literally been covered by um, easily a top 10, if not a top 5 artist every decade that since it came out. From the 60s, it was covered. In the 70s, it was covered. In the 80s, it was covered. In the 90s, in the 2000s, and in the 2010s. 
this song has always been because it's, it's 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 forever the checks from this song are literally never going to run out as long as music is able to be profitable y'all will get a check from it so for y'all to be nickel and diming miss heloisa is disgusting <laughs> it's it's disgusting and it's the way that she handled it with such grace truly just speaks to her being the girl from Ipanema. It just speaks to her embodying everything that those two men wrote about her. <laughs> and I hope y'all know that by even presenting this lawsuit, I'm grateful she won, but even by presenting this lawsuit, y'all literally just gave her more reasons to be the girl from Ipanema. Y'all just, y'all just leaned in. Okay. So that's the official, official ending of the girl from Ipanema Beautiful song about a beautiful young woman, Miss Hello herself. She, as I've said several times over, as I blushed through this song, because she's so charming. Um, that's in Lost Art, and I think that's why I appreciate it so much, because we don't see it very often nowadays. But that's the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Catch you guys next Monday with a very unique, <laughs> very unique song. Bye.